We back with a Tracy. Trey Ball, episode three. Intro sets the tone, man. That's <laughs> good. It's good energy right there, man. Bridging the Gap podcast, episode three, live from Dubai. I don't even think we've said that enough, really. I don't think y'all really understand. We, we're here from in Dubai. I sent enough pictures to everybody. Listen, 8,000 miles away, <laughs> away from the crib, live, you know, talking our trash every week here in our newfound platform, our newfound therapy, bridging the gap, you know, the tale of two generations, this and that. As you guys know, I'm Ryan Yates with my OG, JK, Jupac, you know, the man of many aliases. Right now he's killing my gummy bears. <laughs> Stale too. Look, no, nah, look, it's different because you know, they aren't made with uh, with gelatin. Listen, so you know, I've had some point. more here already. I'm, these are stale. These are stale. The pretzels were stale too. Pretzels. Were I just stale didn't want to complain. I didn't want to sound. You know what I'm saying like I was ungrateful. You didn't want to sound like the way you sounded. <laughs> he crushed room shit too. <laughs> he back Ray Lewis. Sometimes you, you gotta know. do what you gotta do. I, I respect it. That's for sure. Um, as you guys know, we get up here and, and we like to talk um, hoops. You know, that's the game that brought us together. Um, basketball is why we're here in Dubai. Um, part of the reason, for sure. Uh, we're here in Dubai running our own basketball brand with our partner from Kuwait called Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB. Um, one of many franchises to come internationally. Um, we know that's excited for that right there. There's a lot of things going on behind closed doors. A lot. Yeah, you have some information next week for sure. <laughs> let, you, let you do your thing and spread it out. Listen, long. the one thing that's funny about Coach King is he'll be working on some stuff, right? And he all he already don't tell me about it until he needs it done, right? He just already got it in his mind. It's like, all right, I know he can do it. Just let me go ahead and get it here, and then I just throw it to him. So I'm gonna get something next week. He probably done been talking to somebody about it for two months. He'll give it to me tomorrow and be like, hey, can you can you get this done for me? And I'm like, all right. That's a compliment. No, I, I I feel you. I feel you. And then why would I bring you into extra stress? That don't make sense. You've done that. <laughs> You've done that. You've done what that. What extra stress? Yeah. Oh. What extra stress? What? Man, listen. Being in Dubai? Listen. 82 degrees a day? Sunny? Listen. <clears throat> Anybody who's ever worked with Coach King understands now. You guys don't work with him in the capacity that I do, so y'all don't even know, you know. First but. of all, first of all, you, down to anybody else who's ever worked with me, knows that I take care of my own. No, I got every. I probably got every stage. You know, I was a player. You know, I was you know a player working under you at camps. You know, mentor, and now we're here. So I didn't see him, seen it all. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna let that slide. Don't call that work. <laughs> that was a that was an extra opportunity for you to get some extra skill work in, meet some new people, some power people around the DC area that coach and stuff, and put some money in your pocket. Don't give me that, man. Listen, Y'all didn't work man. hard. What you talking? Listen, about? that's crazy. He didn't. You see how he denounces that? That's what happens. That's why we're here. Old heads don't really sit down and chop it up with us. They figure because you know we understand <laughs> technology a little bit more. 
You know, we don't need a, um, a two pound briefcase with a phone in it to talk to everybody. We can hey, do every, they figure every everything time, easy. Every time you join on me about that, <laughs> you're talking about your mom. How about that? My mom from the country How too. About that? How about that? Well, you know, you're talking about uh, your mom. Your uncle, everybody <laughs> had all that big shit you talked about. Come on, man. Man, it is what it is, though. You know, but that's why we here. Cause y'all never listen to us, man. Y'all always think that everything's so sweet for us, but yeah, it, it, it is. is. It's cool. But like I said, who Mountain Dubai, who Mountain DXB. If you guys want to see what we do during the day <laughs> when we're not here doing podcast stuff, that's where we're at. We're building a basketball culture, um, not just for Dubai, but for the entire GCC. You know, there's a, I think coach would say there's, there's a gap that needs to be filled, a void that needs to be filled. Um, and we're just the right guys to do it. You know, we're starting to get the right families to come along to do it too. So we're going to give you basketball the authentic way, the way we got it, you know. Um, well, well, we'll jump in. You know, I, I same old, same old. I blew the candle up early today. No, no technical difficulties with that, you know, smelling good. But let's do our mental health check-in before we jump into the, to the pod because we got some good action today. You know me. You feeling better though, man? You you've been down the last two and a half weeks. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, my voice has been a little raspy. Well, I'm just always raspy late at night. Because they be yelling all the damn time. Mind. That's why. But I've been a little sick. Been taking antibiotics. I'm getting I'm getting better. I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah. I'm you know, I'm got a little I got a little pep in my step now. Hey, listen. Yeah, for them. <laughs> Them gummy bears is crazy, man. You know what's funny is the one thing I didn't understand when I was younger was how crazy this man's sweet tooth is, yo. Cupcakes, donuts, cakes, like when when they're around. Uh, in moderation. Hey, listen. In my, see, what you guys don't understand, he doesn't understand. I spent many years not eating this stuff. No, I respect it. I respect it. You dis you were disciplined when you had to be. Now you're going, you know. And I don't even go ham now. <laughs> I'm going to start, when we start getting things together, because what right now, out there, Dubai, if there are any young uh, videographers, photographers that just want an opportunity to do some things, right? We have a good team and collective that'll be good mentors for you. And then, you know, I got some creative direction, some cool things for you to come. If you're young and hungry, come around. You know, we got some things for you to do for some BTS, some from some different things we can do. Cause coach has a lot of things he talks about. So hey, you here? And it makes me look like a liar, man. So I just need somebody to bring the camera around, you know? Um, one of the things we talked about last week, well, finish. You ain't finished your check yet. Let me let me not be rude. Man, do we I'm here. You here? I'm fine. Let's go, man. You sure you are? Yeah, you, you you lit your candles. Let's go. Yeah. Let's talk basketball. Let's talk basketball. All right, since he wants to talk basketball, I'm in a very, very great mood. You know, as you guys know, every Saturday evening is our chance to play basketball. Coach and I, we have our own what we call bump and run, um, where we kind of have a controlled setting to where we really get get after it. We train, we we get some kids together, and then we hoop. You know, our own open gym where we have some some parents. Um, and some of our elite hoopers that play with us to kind of see what's going on. Um, and if you guys remember the week before, I told you guys that, you know, coach was down 0 for 5. Um, you know, this week was more of the same. More of the same. You know, I mean, hi, what's going on? You know, a little bit of a uh, Westbrook slump. Come on, man. Let's let's stop. Let's stop all of this. Oh, I'm lying? 
Am I lying though? Yeah, I'm losing games. I'm losing games. <laughs> He's down yeah. like eleven right I'm now. Losing some games, yes. It's... I've been sick for two weeks. <laughs> you just said you was feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling better. I said yeah. I'm still on antibiotics for and two more had, days. And you had a you had a pro on your squad and everything. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, this this watch, you know, as we go right now. You know, he's not being a very strong leader on the squad right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not being a strong leader. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to see, though. We'll, we'll check in next week and see if he's still feeling so good and macho. All right. Um, but that's our weekly update. But like you said, let's get to some basketball. Yeah, man. man, I, I guess I'd be a fraud if I didn't come up here and, and be honest. You know, I'm, everybody knows I'm a Laker fan. Die hard, purple and gold, no matter who's on the squad. Right now, we look pretty bad. You know, we look bad. Chemistry is off. We're not healthy, of course. Um, those guys that are supposed to be the ones aren't showing up. Bron's not healthy. You know, we five and five at this point. Why filming? AD's playing, though, right? Man. Uh, so I take it he's not playing. Listen. My, I called my little brother. I called Jameson, Jamie, my younger brother, um, on the way home yesterday. I was like, yo, tell me what's going on. Because I didn't wake up to watch the game this time. He was like, man. He said, I don't I don't know if it's Vogel or what. But I said, well, was AD playing? He said, AD missed the rest of the game because his stomach was hurting. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he's okay. Yeah, let me let me interject. This is an old guy. You guys can say I'm hating or whatever, but this is the stuff that irks us sometimes, and it even irks the younger generation, like you guys that hoop, you and Jameson that hoop, and other guys that hoop. Yo, you make too much money not to play because your stomach hurts. Somebody, you, somebody you started the game. Somebody bust their hump to get their kids tickets to come see you guys play. And you ain't gonna play because your stomach hurts? Come on, man. But no, nah, he was in the like first five minutes or something like that. I ain't watched. I saw some highlights when he was playing. And then they say he didn't finish the rest of the game because he had a stomach bug. Come on, man. Then they don't play from the beginning. But you know, that's what it I said it before. I said, we're gonna go as far as AD takes us. Like five and five, we can struggle right now, but AD is as great as he is. His prime example. The Nets have been struggling. Right, yep. they're seven and three, and they're seven and three because of KD, right? Because he's just that good. the The Sixers were supposed to be struggling. They're eight and two without Ben Simmons because Embiid is that nice, that good. So why would the Lake Show, if AD is who he says he is, aren't we at least seven and three, right? But you know, I'm just a, I'm just an average guy sitting here trying to figure it out, and then Vogel. I'm not a coach yet. I'm not in that that space. So, I mean, maybe you there's some things you would be watching out for to see if he's doing his job the way he, he needs to, or he needs to be on a hot seat soon. Well, you know, the only thing that I've I've talked about uh, over the years, the um, couple of years that he's been there, is just the rotations. Like I know you're experimenting, you're trying to figure things out, but you're the Lakers. You got Rondo coming off the bench. You got Russ starting. You got AD. Sorry, you got LeBron. He will be back soon. It you really ain't no experimenting to do. You you really just want to get your younger guys and your role players into a groove. That's it. I mean, and um, sometimes I watch them play when I do get up 
to see them play. I'm amazed at who gets a lot of tick, and it's and then and then some other people don't get as much tick, and it's inconsistent. So I mean, how can you catch a rhythm? You know, if you're not a if you're not a six seven year vet, it's hard for you to be up and down. Rondo's a guy that can do that. Yeah, you know, um, but of course, I'm sure they've had you know back backroom conversations with him to tell him his, his, his situation. But young guys, you gotta either you're gonna rock with them or you're not. That's just bottom line. Listen. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Avery Bradley is playing too many minutes. Yeah. Way too many minutes. And, you know, of course, TA, Trevor Reasers, he's still not healthy yet. Kendrick Nunn's not healthy yet. And neither is uh THT. They should be back soon, hopefully. But with what we have now, I like Reese, who's also young, right? I like Baysmore for he's 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 yes, serviceable. He's yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then you got Monk. Now, in the past, and I'm talking about way in the past when he was a Celtic, Avery Bradley can step out there because of his defensive presence. He's getting burnt up. He is food out there, and he's not that strong um, offensively. If I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Monk. Let him rock out. Let Baysmore yeah. get those minutes. Let Reeves go. Yeah, I think we talked about this the other day. For what Avery Bradley used to do, he's out of his prime. What? Yeah. Yeah, he's got to go. Like, what do you? He started the other night, if I'm not mistaken, and he just he got cut by the Warriors. And listen, I just figure it out in house, please. <laughs> that's that's all that is for me. But is it time for Westbrook? You know, I'm hearing some people say that 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 experiment may be over and done. My only thing is that it's so early, and there's so many questions <clears throat> looming around the Lakers. I don't say, I say don't give up on him yet, but I do say you got to have that conversation with him, coach. After you have this conversation with your coaching staff, we got we to gotta unleash him. It, listen, I know he's been a point guard. I know he's had these triple doubles and everything, but everybody knows deep down, Russ is a two guard. He's a alpha. You know, he's not a great shooter, but he's an attack dog. I mean, just, you got to let him go. He's almost a, um, in terms of getting into the paint, get into, he's a taller version of Iverson. Right. You got to let him go, man. Let him go. So that way he can play uh, worry-free. He's not worrying about running because we all know LeBron's going to control the tempo. And then when he's out, Rondo's going to control. So, and that's fine. So let Russ, we all say when you get to a certain stage in your career where you can't do certain things, you, you find another avenue to be successful, mm -hmm. right? Well, this, is, this should be comfortable for him because that's what he was originally. You know, um, and so they should just unleash him, man. Let him go. You you brought up a point um, in our conversations um, in, in the gym the other, like maybe last week, about how people may not understand how big being in a L.A. is for him. Right. And how when you looked at him playing, it looked like he still can't believe that he's home playing in the Staples Center in the Lakers jersey. Yeah, he's he still uh, still has that newness to him because. Think about it, hometown kid, longtime Laker, and this is a childhood dream of his. Yeah. And playing with LeBron and AD, the expectations are far greater than they've, they've ever been on him. Recent champion, so we're still in that same mix. Right. Yeah. That's another, that's, that's an important point to point out, though. Like, you just moved your whole family back home yeah. to where you know that's what comfort that's what you're used to but you've never played at home 
right? You've been in OKC, where you've been in Houston, different environments. And as a pro, you can attest to how being away from home kind of gives you a different focus. For sure. You get know, away from, get away from people asking for tickets. Yeah, everything. Just, I mean, you know, you have a bad night. What, ha what happened to you last night? You know, you, yeah. you know, you you don't have any escape from anybody. And then you're in Staples Center. That's different. So yeah. I, uh, I'm I'm worried more so about the coaching staff and AD. Still the same worries. Because uh, Russ started this way with the Wizards last year. Because I remember talking, my boy James, who called, he's a Wizards fan. I remember talking. Buku trash because Russ was turning that thing over. <laughs> right, I remember right? that, yeah. But by the December, January, he was back in full form. Yeah. He was back getting it in. And that's just the way it is. Like, he has those moments. He's going to get back. Yeah, but unfortunately, this isn't the Wizards. It isn't. You just don't have, this is this is L.A. Every night. You know, and mm -hmm. you, the expectations are different. For sure. That's just bottom line. Yeah. But so I, I'm with you. Like, don't don't give up on, on the Russ experiment yet. But, you know, time is ticking, big dog. You don't have all day to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, but, but. The, the, the times he's looked to work, I mean, LeBron hasn't been there. That's the thing, though. That was supposed to be the, the added benefit of having Russ. Because when LeBron is not there, we have a star like Russ who can still carry us so we can cut that down. I mean, we should be able to win games with Russ and AD. See, I don't, I don't, I don't view Russ in that capacity with them. I'm always, I'm thinking it's, it's all up to AD, and Russ is supposed to be a supplemental piece, right, right, um, right. But it, you know, know, it is what it is. So, um, speaking of you know pieces that are carrying the Sixers, they're off to their best starts since 01, 02, 2000, 2001, when AI led them to the finals. And also the Warriors are eight and one, mm -hmm. you know. The Sixers, you we all know what the story has been around them. Yeah. And I guess uh, less is more. Right. And I mean, we talked about, remember I said, I think my MVP would either be KD or Embiid. Mm -hmm. and, and we're starting to see that right there. I think that one moment when Embiid was like, look, I'm tired, old boy. <laughs> I think he made a decision right then and there. Look, this is mine. You just just bet on me. I'm gonna take us to the promised land, and it's starting to look that way. And I'm liking what I see too, because when B is aggressive and he's out there doing this thing, um, he's special. Yeah. Well, he's got a little more freedom too, because ain't, ain't nobody uh you know hogging up the paint, you know, so he can get loose a little bit more. So, you know, he's a good passer. So it's not like you can um you can uh. Double, you know, doubling, yeah. and you know he's gonna force it up. Whatever he's gonna get, he's gonna find the open guy. So yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's definitely gonna eat a little bit better right now. Crazy to think that he one of the top mid range shooters in the league. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Just a little taste of what something that's been brewing in me for a long time. Uh -huh. Because you know it's always to talk about how every, all the players are better today. Mm. And remember, we, I go by. What are the results? Mm -hmm. And Joel Embiid, great. Come on, we talk about he he would have been the MVP if he didn't get injured last mm -hmm. year. But there's no way he should be one of the top five mid range shooters, <laughs> considering there are other guards out there that that's all they do. Yeah. You know, Embiid gives you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and he does everything well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, for him to do that as a big guy, my hat goes off to him. But that, what that, is that saying? That says more about the skill of everybody else. Yeah. Because that in between, in between the three point line and that dunk, 
what you can do in between that space lets you know who's really skilled and who's not. Right. Right. That mid-range game, how you can have different finishes around the rim and how you can get to your spot and score there because that doesn't require athleticism. Right. And so that's what majority of us of us basketball players are. Only the one, two percent can bounce up off the rim and do all the other extra stuff. But that in between, and that's when you would say all those uh, Vinnie Johnsons and all those old heads back then that had to find a way to get a job. Yeah. They're going to knock that down. Yeah, I mean, you know, you out there, you know, Jordan running around, Dominique running around, they looking down in the rim. You got to find a way to get in. True. You know? True. So... That's just something out there for you, young. I'm just saying, you know. But what? But with that though, the Sixers being at the top, which isn't surprising because they were number one last year too. Right. But Golden State, eight and one, yeah. best record in the league, almost ten games in, yeah. playing well. Yeah. Um, young guys got a lot of experience last year, so their confidence is sky high. Jordan um, Poole is cooking. Um, and we all know it's a it's a good combination of uh, length. Shooting skill set and um, this this good be good attitudes mm-hmm. that that believe in team play. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they infuse Clay when he gets back and Wiseman, and um, and I think Kamunga too. They and so so some so somebody's minutes are going to get cut. So it's, you know it's going to be funny to see how they keep tensions down. You know with that because they're off to such a great start. But we, you know what do we expect? Everybody in the West is struggling. Yeah. Except them. Everybody. Do you, so with that said, because everybody's struggling, there's also a few teams on the East that are struggling. Um, Brooklyn has bounced back. You know, yep. KD is that guy. So they're at seven and three, but Milwaukee is struggling. Yep. Um, and also, I believe, who else is on the West, on the East? The East, uh, the Celtics are struggling and yeah. the Hawks are struggling. And the Hawks, yep. right? Both of them are struggling. And the Knicks have come back to earth, so to speak, a little bit. Um, and my Lakers are struggling. Um, Phoenix is like midway. They're doing okay. Portland, Portland is struggling. Um, I, do we attest some of this stuff to a lot of those players being ones who played in the Olympics? And then that quick turnaround and them having to adjust and get back into space? Because um, I think that happens too at times. I'm not going to say it has an issue with it just because um, a lot of those guys that played are are long-time vets. Right. And uh, they know how to, um, you know, pace themselves. I just think their teams have flaws. Yeah. Right, Portland, you know, we hate to see them <laughs> in this situation, but what do we expect? Yeah. And and Portland is interesting. But before we go to Portland, what, what do you think the ceiling is for Golden State? Because I'm... Stephen A. and a few other people talking about finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my my thing is this. They were invincible before. Mm-hmm. But when the playoffs come, we all know game slows down a little bit. You, you have to grind it out a little bit. I, where's their size in, yeah. that, in the hole? Just, because mm-hmm. we all know if AD is healthy, LeBron is healthy, Dwight Howard is healthy. Um, you know the entire the entire West yeah, has a, a formidable big Joker. You know Wiseman is a, Wiseman plays as a big, but he's more of a um, he's more of a he's almost almost like a three. And he's young though too. Right. On top you of know. that, so yeah, I, I just say you know where's your toughness? You know before when Golden State made those runs, um, before KD got there, they always had a couple of good bigs. Bogut, you know, and high IQ guys to yeah. go along with Draymond Green. So it's going to be interesting, you know, um, what they do once once they get into the playoff situation. You know, 
and um, things slow down just a little bit. Yeah, I um, you know, I think it's solid. I think by the, I think they will be top four, top four, top five at yeah. the end of the year. I do see that coming, but like you said, there's limitations. And when the game slows down, it gets more physical. Although, you know, if, if Clay comes back throwing those flamethrowers, it's trouble. Um, but I, you, you can't rely on Wiggins, right? It's just, and that's what. Why do you say that? That's going to be the difference maker, right? Because you know, in the playoffs, those role players make the difference when you get through those game sevens and things like that. So. Um, but I do think Jordan Poole is going to take some of those minutes away. But we'll see. Um, Utah still making it happen. Jordan Clarkson looking like an all-star. That's your guy. Yeah. You're calling it out. He's looking like an all-star. Um, but we got to mention a little bit of the uh, the Blazers. You know, they got some things going on in-house with some, some culture issues, some work issues, some work environment issues. Um, not in the locker room, but for the non-players, um, yeah, you know. So, you know, I have a, um, a strong opinion on that because <clears throat> whenever something like this comes to light, um, the emphasis always goes on the, the uh, professional athlete, coaches, and everybody affiliated directly with the team. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned this before, you know, all eyes are on the players because, you know, they're the marquee guys. What are you guys going to do? You know, um, did you know about this? You know, what's the next step? And I feel like um, in most situations, these players had no idea that this type of stuff was going on because they're insulated from that because of, you know, the money they make and who they are. And so I, I think we sometimes put, um, un, you know, unfair pressure on them in terms of making, making a decision and be, you know, and be, being leaders. Um, that's not in everybody's um, DNA. Mm -hmm. um, but the real issue, the real troubling part is the, the general staff in the organization, people who are not directly associated with the team. What about those people? Um, you know, people you know, are quick to say, why didn't you say something earlier? Well, if you're working in the NBA and, you know, you have a, a pretty good position, you probably worked your butt off to get that spot. And that's a spot that other people would kill for. And a lot of people covet. And, you know, who wants to be that first person to step up and say, you know, I'm going to be this whistleblower. At the expense of your livelihood, right? Right. You know, a job that you, we all know that you could easily get blackballed. You know, Kaepernick was blackballed. He was a quarterback. So making millions. So, you know, if you're just a general employee, you know, you easily could be you know, out of the league or whatever, or, you know, the industry as a whole. So, you know, and this is something that has been expected and experienced before and not so unfamiliar in terms of minorities mm -hmm. and women. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, working in a, a hostile work environment is something that, you know, a lot of us can, yeah. you know um you know draw experiences from and and so this is not new to me it's not anything that's like i i can't believe this happened mm -hmm. you know um the thing is now just what's going to be done right and the only people that can really step up and do something are the other owners right 
and it's probably nothing's going to happen. They're doing, uh, Portland said that they have some outside counsel coming and doing an investigation, right. but we know how that goes. Right. Right. I, I watched enough of uh, Suits <laughs> TV shows to <laughs> right. understand, right. but your, your point was, was, was taken. Like, what were we, what do we expect the players to do? Right. Like we got two different experiences right. and even on a smaller scale in college, like what the team manager experiences and how they experience the coach or a staff or athletic director is completely different from what a player is going to experience, right. right? And you can't expect them to speak up on something they have no idea about when, to be honest, it doesn't directly affect what they do and they have priorities on another space. Um, of course, it would be great to have the support of that person, but you can't blindly support everything, right? right? You know, everybody needs information out there. And it's not their job. I mean, that that's what the NBA as a league is supposed to control, right. not those players. You know, when it gets a little outlandish and egregious, then, you know, it's time to make a stand. But cases like this, it's when Adam Silver and those guys right. get in there. And, and and most times, to give the players credit, they do stand up yeah. and say something. It's just that I think the the media and, and the, you know, the, the casual fan sometimes uh, jumps on the players too soon Mm. Say what you're gonna do. You get, we gotta give them time to digest everything, and you know, and make a uh, right. You know, make a uh, you know a good judgment call in terms of what they want to do. Because like, again, their react, their relationship with ownership or whatever their interactions could be completely different from what they're hearing. Right. And you asking them about what they're gonna do for that, and he got to prepare for KD tomorrow night, <laughs> right. and then staff the night after. <laughs> right. right. Like, come on, man. Let's prioritize right. those things. But well. Just a little bit more lighthearted. There's this portal going around where they're going to do like an animated thing to where KD plays Bird one-on-one. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that KD gives Bird a million points before <laughs> before, before it hits noon. Like, it's, it's no no right. chance. Right. Other old heads are saying, like, come on, man. Y'all got to give Bird some credit. Right. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, you know? Virtually, one-on-one, animation. We got cartoon going. Right, KD right. on that side, right. Bird over here, one-on-one. Right. To seven, to 21, to 11, whatever. Right. That's but, funny because you know how much I love both those guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look at both of those guys as unicorns, something we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. You know, and... Um, Especially Bird. <laughs> um, I hate the way the younger generation just outright says somebody's gonna get dusted. Yeah. I, I, you, you, if you've never seen somebody play, how can you make this judgment? And I've been fortunate, I mean, I'm older, but I've seen both of them play. And trust me, when you, even though the footage is old, it's grainy and it's a little slower, if you were watching Bird play in person, he's gonna do stuff where you say, how in the hell did you do that? Yeah. I mean, and, and it, the proof is in, what the other great players say about you. Mm -hmm. That's how you know whether or not you're great or not. And, you know, in terms of him against KD, we all know one is 6'11". KD may be seven feet. Yeah, he's seven He may be seven feet. Bird's about 6'9", six, 6'10", six, all right? KD, superior handle. Yeah. Not even question. Both great shooters. Mm -hmm. KD, slight edge, shooting off the bounce, mm -hmm. catch and shoot, bird. Post work, bird. IQ, they're both 
high IQ guys, I give Bird a slight edge just because he played in more of a score and facilitator role with Boston. Because, you know, it was, you know, it was a little more, you know, um, equal opportunity there, you know, because he played with, you know, other greats sometimes, you that, know. That IQ, though, because I'm, I'm of the elm that Katie has a superior IQ, too. And I and I think about the the moment when they were playing the Clippers, right? And they asked him why um, do you feel like Pat Bev Pat Bev is giving you a little bit of trouble in the post? And that's when he had that moment, like I'm KD, you know who I am. And then he breaks down what he could have done. He said, I could easily get fifty, but I got to make this happen. I got to see this read. I got to see that read. Right. This, this, and that. And so within that system, I'm saying like, you know, he's he's high IQ. And then the next night he goes out and gets fifty. So yeah, when you say IQ, yeah, we're not. But see, when I look at both their careers, I'm looking at I'm looking. Uh -huh. I'm talking about in totality. Right. We're talking about Boston when they had the same players before Bird got there, mm -hmm. and they were the doormat of the league. Mm -hmm. He gets there, they automatically turn everything around. They're a contender for a title. Right. And what I'm saying is that KD, we all know, those guys came to the league. They were puppies. Right. And so what I'm saying is Bird, remember, he took Indiana State to the championship game. Now, stop playing. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that he came to the league a couple years older. Right. And so what I'm saying, he's he was able to figure things out a little bit sooner. KD, remember, basketball IQ that you just mentioned in terms about when to turn it on, when to turn it off. <laughs> Early on in those years with Russ, there were times where KD just has been just like, man, I bump, bump that. Yeah. But he sat back, played his role. Mm -hmm. But that's not understanding exactly mm -hmm. what you need to do at that time. But then he realized, even when he went to Golden State, you know, and everybody gave him grief, right? He realized, if I don't take this over, we are not winning. And then I came here for nothing. So he, so he got that, you know what I'm saying? And so he has, everybody evolves. Mm. I'm just saying that for me, what I've seen, Bird came in and it was like, it's kind of almost like magic in your, your franchise. He came right in and yeah. took over the show. Yeah. And you know? I, I'm starting to see like visually what you're saying, like the difference in that IQ and that is KD's going to always stay within the system. So he's going to know exactly everybody's role in the system and every place where he can take advantage and everything, but he's going to stay within that. Right. And that was his, that was his temperament for the first seven years of his career or yeah. so until he started to realize, nah, I just need to take over. But you're saying bird magic from no matter what that play call was, oh, yeah, Chris Paul too. Yeah. It's like, nah, Tonight, yeah. this is how we gonna win, yeah. and I'm gonna make sure of it because this is what I see and I understand. And they were immediately able to do that. KD still does that to this day because yeah. he's that's why he's so efficient. Mm -hmm. But you know, of course, there needs to there, there needs to be nights where he shoots 35 times. I'm yeah. sorry, that's just yeah, you know, break scoring record. But you know, Bird, that's the play. Okay, we this what we're running, DJ. <laughs> DJ. My way, you know what, what I'm saying. So what they say, uh, I think Nola Richardson said he they, he heard the game on the on the radio, and he was like, "Man, that's a bad dude." And then he found out later that Bird was white. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, you know, you you taking those long mid Midwest trips, you know, in the car. You listen to the radio back then, you know, and so he's listening to the game, and he just kept Bird for three, you know, yeah. Bird dunk two, you know, Bird at the foul line. He's just like, man, that bird is a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he had no idea bird was white. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I think the coldest thing, man, is, you know, we talked about in the parking lot the other day after the game, you know, bird telling, you know, 
the other team's coach, man, how dare you put that white boy on me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. You score That's four, cold. You score 40 something points with your left hand in an NBA game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and he had he had those moments. I, I do want to see more of that trash talk. Yeah. I feel like that's one thing from the old heads that I, I wish we get a little bit more of. A little bit more of that, you know, those, that jaw and that talk, that rah-rah, like, look, tonight I'm giving you 50, and you better not keep coming back to this spot or it's going to be worse. There was a lot of talk, just they didn't have technology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know that's real. So, I like that. So, 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 all right, so who you picking, Bird or KD? One-on-one? One-on-one. How, what's the game set up? Like, so you know, I, we got to talk about that because when people talk about these hypothetical right. matchups, is it, it's, it's, we, just say we in the park. Okay. We across the street from your house. Okay. We one-on-one. I got money up. You got money up. Okay. It's game to seven, twos and ones. Uh-huh. I'm Bird, you're KD, right? Uh-huh. I automatically, I'm looking at you, I'm like, I know ain't no way in hell I can guard you, right? right. So if you get the ball first, I got to contest as as best I can mm-hmm. and make, hopefully you miss one. Right. And then when I get it, even though I'm one of the best three-point shooters of all time, I ain't messing with you like that. Right. Because you're too long, too quick. Everything I'm doing is in the hole. Right. Because one, you can't foul out. Mm-hmm. And I know you got to chop me mm-hmm. to keep me from scoring because we all know Bird, you know, he had his battles with Dr. J and Dominique and those guys, but Bird also took the guys in the post too. Yeah. So I got to, I got to, so I'm saying. All right. So here are the rules. Go ahead. Right here. Go ahead. We got three dribbles. Okay. Game to 11. Okay. All right. And, I, and you know how we all do things differently to one game. We might play everything on the right wing. Right. One game we might play everything on the left wing, but everything top of the key. Three dribbles. Game to 11. Ones and twos. I'm going KD. All right. Okay. The three dribbles because yeah, one, Bird's going to need more than that to get to the, <laughs> shit, KD's seven feet, man. Yeah, get to the bottom. Uh, I'm real with it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But if we give it to, you know, Max, let's say Max six dribbles, right? And, you know, because even then, they're not going to be doing too much. Both of those guys will get right to it. And what scenario does Bird beat KD one-on-one? It's very limited in the simulation. Yeah. But I'm saying... I got I to gotta speak up to the old head. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, and, and there's no disrespect. These are the two of the greatest. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. They are only in each other's class. And that's, right? why I, that's why I said game to seven. Yeah. Because you got to yeah. be quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be quick. Word. If it's game to 11, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's no chance. But if, even if it's game to seven and they play 10 times, KD's probably going to win seven, eight, out of eight, ten, eight, seven or eight times because he just has more of an arsenal yeah. to transport the ball. And he's more fluent. Yeah. Like, just the way his game goes. It's, way, yeah. it's, it's a guard. It's yeah. like... He's, yeah, he's a guard. It's, it's really a guard's movement. Yeah. But yeah. So. that Bird and KD talk, it just lets us know how different the game of basketball is right now, period. Right. At every level. Right. Right. And what we're seeing and you're seeing, as you talk to your coaches, friends, and everything, your friends that are coaches, is the adjustment and schemes, how do we guard now with everybody? It used to be everybody was trying to get paint touches, mm-hmm. paint touches, get two feet in the paint, kick out, two feet in the paint, kick out, throw the ball down on the post, get here. On a fast break, get right to the basket. But it's different now. You know, three on two, you got both people running to the, to the trade ball, mm-hmm. right? How do you adjust that? 
and and what is going on between those coaches' minds back now. And if you, I know you got OG on the dial. You can call him in now. We call Jones. Yeah, we can call O here. All right. But that's a, that's a space to everybody that's out there. Um, we never think about the adjustments that coaches have to make now. That everybody is because players dictate how the game is going to be played, right? So when your best player is somebody who likes shooting transition threes now, um, oh, we got the it's ringing. Uh oh. Hello, Coach Jones. Yo, OG, OG, you you got uh, me and Ryan on the phone here. Okay. What's okay. Up, Ryan? We, we, what's what's up? What's up, OG? First, we got. I gotta say thank you for all those uh, massive nut and resort treat um, passes you used to leave me. You know, I, I, I'm gonna say it on air. Thank you for that. Oh well, just doing as 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 they always say, just doing my job. No, I, I appreciate you. So, coach, I gotta introduce you. Well, you know, you're here on the podcast. You're our second guest. Um, this is Coach Jones, the OG. This is the Godfather, Mac. <laughs> this is somebody you'll hear Coach King refer to often. Um, this is probably one of those guys that uh, everybody was afraid of too. Right, you had to make sure you were going right. You know, <laughs> yeah. he had a, he had a smooth killer walk, <laughs> a little shaft. <laughs> so uh, to to properly introduce Coach to everybody, we have to talk about his background just a little bit. Um, not only is Coach a long-term coach in the D.C. Uh, area, Coach Jones was on a high school team at Fairmont's high, Fairmount High School where he played varsity for four years and he won a state championship every year he was in high school. Yeah. They were the Golden State Warriors of the DMV at that particular time. They averaged 100 points a game. Incredible. With no three-point line, right? Coach, come on. You see how, see how Ryan's doing? No three-point line. <laughs> he... Uh, See, no three point line. No three point line. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, but he was trying to crack a joke, really. Yeah. <laughs> so for them to win four state championships, score 100 points a game, no three point line, you can tell that's a lot of skill and IQ on that team. But it, it didn't stop there with Coach when it came to winning. Correct. Um, coach has also been a head high school coach in the DC area, winning state championships. And not only with um, when he was coaching Coach Ryan and with me, Coach Ivan won a state championship at T.C. Williams High School, which is now Alexandria City, I think. Uh, too long. Too long to say. <laughs> yeah, and, and Coach, I think you won a, a high school football championship, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yep. what, what haven't you won, man? <laughs> he said, yeah, I did that, too. What haven't you won, Coach? Uh, I have won nothing in golf. <laughs> <laughs> that's leisure, anyway. That's leisure. So that's tough. That's tough. So, so Ryan, we we just call coach up. So, yeah, run, run down what you want to go over with. So, so coach, um, <laughs> first we just had a, a nice little debate about Bird and and KD. Uh, they had a mm-hmm. simulation going about who would win one on one, and everybody from my generation pretty much was saying Bird had no chance. You know. You know, me, I think KD would win too, but I'm not of, of the realm of saying Bird would have no chance because, you know, I, I do my homework too. So I, I understand. Mm-hmm. But all right, just that older generation, for you who got to see everything live, and I remember you gave me a, a rundown of your first encounter with Magic Johnson <laughs> and, and kind of let everybody know um, what that 
energy was like, what the aura or those type of players was, and and you know what that greatness really was was like. Well, I would say it was probably higher than it is today because you didn't you didn't see them as regularly on TV. Mm. You didn't see them when I was a kid. As a kid, you had maybe one two basketball games a week that were on TV. That was it. Mm. So if you missed those two games. That was it for the week. So it was almost something that you put on, like you put on your calendar. Like, okay, the Celtics are playing the Lakers tonight. I got to see that. Mm. Um, the Celtics are playing Milwaukee. I got to see that because you're not going to see them any other time. Mm. The only saving space was that a lot of those guys played summer league basketball. And when I was growing up, summer league basketball was really big outdoors. And there were a lot of outdoor tournaments that uh, professional basketball players played in. Julius Johnson would come down and play. Julius Irving would come down and play in the D.C. tournament outdoors. Oh, yeah? Uh, we had a lot of pros. Been, yeah, they would come back because there were no really indoor tournaments. And this was before, I don't know if any guys remember, the, the, the Kenner League that was up in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. It was even, even, even before that, the big tournaments were played outside. And Dave Bing, who played for the Pistons and played for the Wizards for a while, he played. So a lot of those uh, um, um, players, the very first time I saw Earl Monroe was on the playground. Oh, on the man. playground. The very first time I saw Earl Monroe. So, and they were, I guess they were, at, at that time, it was, it was, you could have 5,000 people up at, uh, up at Turkey Thicket for outdoor basketball tournament. Man. Outdoor basketball. It was, it was, it was, it was, instead of going up to Georgetown, we're going over Turkey Thicket because they playing the tournament over there. And all the tournaments at that time, were double elimination. So um, that's what you did during the summer. They would have, you know, Benning Road had a tournament. Uh, Turkey Ticket had a tournament. So that was the way you saw the pro. And the pros played because there was no real summer league indoors at that time. So you could see the pros outdoors for free. That's different. I mean, I, I had the privilege of playing with Moses. had the privilege of playing with Moses Malone. That was, that was, that was a unique experience. <laughs> well, you be you say he, unique. He, uh, yeah, he was elite. He, you, I played with him when he was graduated from high school, and he was debating whether to go to pros or go to Merrill. Before you go, coach, graduate, you know, what, what high school did he graduate from? He graduated from um, Petersburg, Petersburg okay. High School. Okay. And he came up here. And, he came up here and spent the summer, and um, <laughs> one of the most phenomenal athletes. I have ever had the privilege of playing with in my life. I mean, he was what, 18 years old? And he was handling everybody on the court. Grown man. Everybody. Grown man. Yeah, he was grown. He was 18 18 years old, but he was a grown man. Man. And it was funny because we were all at the end of the game, we all sitting around the bench talking, you know, shooting breeze. And Moses would get up and leave. And the crowd would leave with me. No, of course. That's that's interesting. We could, we wouldn't dare catch anybody playing outside right now. And I think that's one thing that I miss about yeah. basketball, the, the culture itself. You know, that open gym, that open run, that everybody being outside filling the corpse court up, that that moment is lost right now. Right. And I think that's Yes, it is. I yep. think that's dictating the toughness around our players too. Um, and, and a little bit of the basketball IQ as well, because they're not playing enough to get that. 
Just the pride factor. Right. Yeah. But I think no. to me, to me, <laughs> everything is, is choreographed. It's mm. choreographed now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, kid goes to like my grandson. He never went to direct his entire life playing basketball. He only went to a workout or going to his AAUC. So I, I, my thought sometimes is that our kids losing the imagination mm. play. I'm thinking of this move on my own. Because we would go to the playground like, check this move out. Check this move out. <laughs> right. And so we worked it out on each other. Because now you have a, a instructor or your coach to say, do this move. So I, I just wondering, is the uh, now, I'll say this, there's definitely more athletic. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But mm-hmm. I just wonder about the imagination and just the thought process of how deep do you think about the game? You know, Coach, now that I'm in this role as a coach, uh, so to speak, you know, I, I understand. You know, I understand those moments when you used to yell at me and almost throw the ball at me. <laughs> I understand now. It's even, it's, it's even worse now. You, you're exactly right. Some people just don't have any imagination at all. But I got two things for you. Um, One is, can you tell that story about your first encounter with Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember the whole story because when we when I met Magic, uh, I'm trying to remember. Mm. Mm. I think it was the 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 AAU. I think it was the AAU game, and and. And he came in, and and he was leading the team with no coach. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They came in, right? They came in. There was no coach, no coach. And Magic starts coaching. He's playing and coaching. You go here, you go over there, and I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Never <laughs> like this Magic Johnson. Who the who the hell is Magic Johnson? Didn't know it because again, he wasn't that popular in the area. But he came down, and he literally coached the team the entire game. He was calling timeouts. He would tell me how to run. But again, think about this. He was doing this with no clipboard, and he would describe where you need to go. You go over here, you go over there, you go over there, and we'll be fine. He did the whole choreograph, the whole thing from the court. While playing the court. at the same time. It was and While playing at the same time. And they won. And they won. <laughs> how, how old was he when, when this won. happened? Magic Power was about 18, 19 years old. He wasn't, he wasn't just right before, this was before he got drafted. Man. But, uh, and I guess the thing that fooled everybody, because in that, at, in that day and time, if you are, you know, six, eight, six, nine, you're not supposed to handle the ball. You're supposed to be out, outside. So everybody says, we're going to take it from him. Mm. <laughs> that was a wish and a prayer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that was a wish and a prayer because he could handle like I'd never seen anybody handle before. If you were six three, six four, and handle the ball back in the day, you would consider a ball handle. Yeah. Six nine, yeah. not just six nine, but he was built. You know, so That's it was good. just an incredible experience to watch him. Like, wow, man, wow. What? And I guess I had the same type of experience when I we played Moses. I remember driving to the bucket one time with Moses, right? And I remember seeing the basket, and all of a sudden, all I saw was dark. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> Hey man! <laughs> Literally, I was like, I was like, where did the hoop go to? I mean, he had just blocked out the whole back. I'm like, oh my god, man. I'm in deep trouble. That's, you know, that's, so, that's special. That's special. Well, what we're talking about, we appreciate that for sure. Especially me. Um, we don't get the one of the the issues is 
is we don't get to share those stories from the past time for my generation now. There's a there's a gap there. So we don't get to hear these stories enough. And I, I appreciate that. But where we are right now is we're talking about a coaching mm-hmm. and making the adjustments with the new style of play to where everything is based mm-hmm. on going to the three-point line, whether it's on fast breaks or anything. It's like, how do you adjust for that as a coach? Are you still leaving your players on two passes away underneath the basket and help? Or are you forcing everybody to make a move one-on-one so you don't leave shooters? What are you guys doing? I have decided I'm 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 experiment this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I your your friend there gave me a new term. What's, what's called a split line? Is that right? <laughs> yep. <Split line? laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I always you get down to the middle name, but this year with all the three point shooting going on, I'm gonna tell my kids don't we're not gonna worry about getting to the middle of the lane. We're gonna play one foot in, one foot out. If you're on the help side. Hmm. I, I think that's the only way you can do it because everybody shoots it. And the way I look at it, the, if they're only shooting 33%, 33% from three-point is the same as 50% from, from two-point, you got to guard that. So my philosophy is, I'm just going to say, don't worry about it. And if somebody is driving to the hoop, don't really try to help unless you know you can get back to your man. Now, that's going to vary from kid to kid. Mm-hmm. And that's something you'll have to work out. But if you are if you if you guard a three point shooter, you're not leaving. Mm-hmm. Just stay. We'll give up the two, but we don't want to give up the three. That's the only way I can think that you know can be done. And the other thing is, is not running so deep for the rebound. Mm-hmm. Long shot, long rebound. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing I want to work with is not trying to get underneath the basket for the rebound. You want to be maybe five or six feet further out to rebound the long <laughs> shot. Man. That's the only thing. That's so, what I'm so you've been in the basketball world, sports world, longer than I've been alive. So, to hear you make those adjustments is is important. But tell the truth: how easy has it been for you to make that adjustment and have to like tear down your principles altogether? I don't think it's been that hard because the one thing I learned from my high school coach is that everything must change. And I remember my high school coach was a stern man-to-man defensive person. That's all he did his whole his his whole twenty-some, thirty-some years at my high school. Never played and never even thought about playing zone. Mm. But I remember he we actually coached against each other, right? We oh, got man. a chance to coach against each other. And when we played him, he had changed to his zone. And I remember talking to him after the game. He says, no, and he always used to call us Mr. Mr. Even when we were high school, he said, Mr. Jones, you have to be able to change. Hmm. So you have to be able to change. And this was, what, back in the 80s, late 80s. He said, you got to be able to change. So I think that if you're going to be a successful whole coach, not just a being a player, you have to continue to evolve hmm. as a coach. And I tell young guys, don't be afraid. I still read books. Still look on the internet for new ideas because I think if you don't update yourself, you will be left behind. Mm-hmm. Coach, in terms of we're talking about scheming and right and, and making changes, mm-hmm. in everybody has the change, right? And we talk about the NBA right. being the pinnacle of of the basketball world. When you get to that level, right? And you we, you know you hear this phrase a lot from media pundits. Um, it's a copycat league, 
Remember 2015, mm-hmm. Golden State turned the corner and became an offensive juggernaut because they had the ball hopping right. around side to side. They had they had four or five guys on the floor at one time that could that could make a play for themselves and others and could shoot the ball to stretch the floor. Right. And and everybody right. tried to play that way. So once right. you get to that to that level, then it's about winning, mm-hmm. trying to win. You know, high school we're still developing, right. but you want to win. College you're d- still developing, but you want to win. But at the pro level, it's a lot of money involved. Your job is on the line. You don't have the personnel to play that way. Do you still mm-hmm. try to change with the time? Hmm. Or do you still do you coach your team according to your personnel and what's going to help you be successful? I think you always have to coach to the personnel you have. Okay. Because again, I think you're doing a disservice to your players if you don't tell them this is what you can and can't do. Now, it's harder. I think it's harder nowadays to convince a kid that this is something you can't do because everybody's telling them his coach, his AAU coach, his personal trainer, all telling him he has to do it. I, I, I think you always have to look at a kid and tell him, like, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do now. But I think in the same token, you encourage him, if this is what you want to do, I have no problem with you working on that mm-hmm. in the off season. If I see you working on this in the off season, and also during the season, if I see you working on this, maybe we can incorporate it. But if you're trying to be a three-point shooter, and I never see you working at it, then no, we can't do it. Now, that's probably going to cause us to butt heads. But I think, you know, that you have to be true to yourself. You have to be true to your team. You have to be true to the player. And I think it's harder to convince players of that nowadays because especially in the NBA and I think in the NFL too, the power shift has kind of shifted to the player and not and away from the coach. Hmm. So, you you're, so, so you're telling uh, me that if you're coaching the Lakers and Dwight Howard comes into practice, and he wants you to start running plays for him to get up a couple threes. He can't, you're going to tell him he can't do that? No, he said if he's working on it, it's all good. Oh, <laughs> hey, 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 I'm going to tell Dwight, Dwight, I don't care how long you work, you will never be a three-point shooter. <laughs> hey, on that one, I would have to bite the bullet. You right. know, like, hey, Howard, no, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Nah. And again, it goes that hopefully you have enough rapport with a player that he can believe can you're believable in telling that. Yeah. And but you also in the same self have shown this is what you're gonna be successful at. Mm. And I think if you could convince him this is what he can be successful at and he goes out and he's successful in doing that. Okay. Because again, if I'm scheming for him to do something, well let me make sure I scheme his talent into what I'm trying to do so he can be successful. Because I yeah. think that's part of it also making help make a player successful. Yeah. No. Agreed. You know, that's 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 our OG right there, ladies and gentlemen. You know, um, you know that's triple OG for me. <laughs> that's OG for for Coach King, um, Coach Jones. As always, man. Thank you. You know, I've always been grateful for the time that we had together. Um, the time that you spent with my brother. You know, um, those those moments were unforgettable. We were able to make history together. 
Um, I look forward. We will be calling you more, uh, especially with this 75th anniversary year for the NBA. I know for sure somebody else is going to do something crazy. Yeah. Something's going to happen with college basketball, and we're going to need some few a few yeah. gems. Um, but we don't want to hold you up too long. But but thank you, and ladies and gentlemen. Again, that's the OG. Cornell Jones, as they would say, smooth killer <laughs> right there. <laughs> and coach, we'll talk later, well, man. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for calling in, you know, and uh talking to us, coach. But uh we'll you and I will talk on a personal level because um I want to know why Ryan got so many master nothing passes. I ain't get that many shit. <laughs> man, because you was already there. Yeah. I, <laughs> you was in Niagara <laughs> Falls, baby. <Yeah. laughs> all right, all right. All see you, right. OG. All right, thanks, coach. Thank, thank you guys. Y'all take care. Be safe. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, man, that was that was real. That was real game right there. Yeah. That was a lot of things reiterated that you already were saying, right? And that's letting people know where it comes from. But th let's get into the schemes. Okay. Right. Let's get back into that. Um, and we'll start with that high school and college level because that's generally what people see. Right. Right. And let's give an idea. Um, for people that are watching the pro game. Pro in the NBA, pro in FIBA, is played completely different, right? And now pro NBA is also played differently from what we play in high school and in um, college when it comes to defense and defensive principles and where everyone is allowed to stand and where they're allowed to be. And it dictates the spacing a little bit. So when you talk, when you heard coach talking about having players and help, Typically, we do the shell drill, and coach, you'll let we'll expand upon it. We have a ball up top. We have three people up on the um, on the wing. Ball at the top of the key. We have a ball on the. We have a player on the left wing, right wing, and then we'll have to this this day we'll have somebody in the corner three point line. So we'll do four out one in right, and you know whenever somebody is two passes away from the ball, they're two feet into the paint as a help trying to discourage the drive and encourage the kick out, right? Because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the higher percentage shot was getting in the middle and scoring in the paint. And that would draw more fouls. And that also dictate the pace a little bit. And an easier shot. Easier shot, you know. Right. And once you get into the middle, that's where the focus is. Right. The middle is the nucleus. Now everybody can get open threes. Right. Because you need more time to shoot uncontested three pointers. Right. Right. Um, and I'll let you take it. Now that you guys have that visual, that little bit of understanding culture, give you that. Well, you know, you, you mentioned you were being modest by saying four out one. Yeah. Game. I mean, right. really, if now it's a it's, if it's a five like Wiseman, mm -hmm. it's five out you know, one at the top, two on the wing, two in the corners. Um, if it's not Wiseman, then that five, that one in, he's roaming. Right. And setting ball screens. So, um, but, you know, the principles, even high school level, college level now, the way people are playing, your defensive principles have to <clears throat> almost be the same in terms of the positioning on the floor. The, the, pro the biggest difference is probably the shot clock. Right. Because in the NBA, of course, you know, it's 24 seconds. So, what has happened in the past before the three point became such a weapon, people would sag just a little bit and because they know that you'd have to bring the ball to them at some point mm -hmm. because everybody was trying to get close to the basket. And then once you start to make your move or start to, you know, start your action in terms of the play, then people would start to adjust accordingly and try to stifle you a little bit and get you uh, into a 
taking a bad off rhythm shot. But <clears throat> now, you know, you heard coach say, we're not coming all the way, you know, mid paint or split line. We're going to go one foot in, one foot out. Ball, I mean, mm-hmm. on the side with your guy. Mm-hmm. And we, he didn't go into the other part that we discussed, which is one, whoever's guarding the ball. Right. You have to, I'm sorry. I know it's a tough job. It's hard to stay in front of guys, Kyrie and Trey Young and all those guys, but you have to get after it a little bit more and keep those guys on one side. Mm-hmm. If you can lock the ball on one side, you can increase your chances of possibly forcing a bad shot or getting someone else to take the shot that yeah. typically wouldn't take that shot to begin with. Um, and so if you can lock the ball on one side, now that gives your help side guys a little more room to cheat mm-hmm. and less room for error yeah. in terms of losing the shooters. And, because um, And that's ahead. more so in, in pro, I mean, college and high school, because opposite, if you're a weak side um, defender and a pro, you can't be sitting in the lane unless you're a certain um, <laughs> you're a certain distance away from Correct. your person because that's defensive three seconds. Correct. So when coach is telling you to keep that ball on one side so that you can keep one foot in, that's for your college and pro, yeah. um, high school and, and pro guys there. So yeah. get better with your own ball defense. For sure. You think about it now, um, and everybody talks about it, whether it's commentators, coaches, us fans, guys now, Nine times out of ten go under screens. Yeah. And you think about it. What's the deepest position in the league right now? Guard. Point guard. Yeah. Everybody can facilitate. Everybody can handle, of course. Everybody can score. So you can't go. You can't. You go under the screen on Steph Curry, Trey Young. And, and even if the NCAA tournament, March Madness, who gets you the furthest in those tournaments? Yep. Those guards, right. the guards from those back-to-back games, the guards are the ones right. who take you the furthest in the tournaments. Right. And they're emulating the pros, as you said. Everything that goes on trickles down, and they're shooting further. You go under that screen, they've got the green light to let it go. That's how a team like Oral Roberts goes to the Sweet 16 or whatever, because they have a guard who can get his own shot off. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> so you think about it. If you're going under a screen all the time, now you're almost forcing a mismatch because mm. you got to switch. Right. And so that's every every coach that's offensive-minded wants to get the mismatch, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're your guard, you're coming off the screen and a big jumps you and your screener rolls and takes that guy with him, your eyes light up. Right. There's no way he can stay in front of you. Yeah. And so now you get a higher percentage shot or you force somebody to rotate over in terms of coming to blitz you mm-hmm. or possibly to push him off and get him to go scramble to find his man. But even though you've created enough chaos and you've given yourself extra time to make a better decision. Mm. And so, you know, I I think personally, guys need to probably dig and watch a little film of Patrick Beverly, even though the better players do wear him out sometimes, but... Mm. He's a guy that attempts to go over the screen a lot and yeah. ride you off your drive to the basket. I mean, and let's face it, guys aren't setting hard screens the way they need. No, nah, not at all. Not at all. So with the defensive scheme coach put together, that immediately immediately made me think, okay, you can only really play that way if the other team doesn't have as many skilled players. Right. And we and we look at and we look at um the NBA now too. Most people are specialists. 
right? And we talked about that. Most people are three and D right. slasher or whatever that one thing for them is. But when you give them the ball, they had forced them to make a decision that causes two or three dribbles. Yeah. It's an issue. So if, if I can see that it being successful with him saying, all right, we're not going to leave off help. You're going to guard one-on-one, mano-a-mano. We're going to show a hand to, you know, kind of give you an extra second to recover. You can stay. Right. But that's also relying on the fact that majority in high school, unless you're playing the big wigs, the top of the top, it's only one, maybe two people that are really skilled with the ball. Yeah. But yeah, we... Or college too. Yeah. Let's 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 go NBA. Let's talk about the yeah. best. Oh, yeah. We're talking... We're, even in the with the thirty teams we have right now, how many teams ha- actually have five guys on the floor that will hurt you, right? Consistently. Now, everybody, listen. You are a pro for a reason. Mm-hmm. You you can you've lit somebody up at some point in time for sure. But we're talking about when it gets down to the wire. Which what is the wire? Seven game series. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? You don't want to lose and let the usual suspects beat you. So if Clay has 30, Steph has Curry, Draymond has a triple-double, the usual suspects beat you. Right. You got to take away one of them and force your guy, Wiggins, Wiggins <laughs> to come through every night. Right. Now, if you lose because he consistently scored 25, then the basketball guy, basketball gods made a decision that you weren't going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, in terms of what you can do to combat somebody like Cade, uh, Golden State, even when they had KD, there's nothing you can do. Right. I'm just being honest with you. Right. You hope to slow them down and catch them on an off rhythm night, and you have a um, a good offensive night where you're putting you know points on the board, putting a little pressure on them, stopping their runs, mm-hmm. and you're targeting somebody mm-hmm. on their team. You know, which Steph gets targeted a lot, and they do that because yeah. one, he's such a he's so great at what he does in terms of scoring. If you can go at him defensively and wear him down a little bit, right. that takes a little bit off of his scoring. But there's literally nothing you can do. Right. Because in today's NBA, think about it. You can't hand check. Right. You There's no clips. Right. So you you blow on somebody, that's a foul. Right. So if you're skilled with the ball, mm-hmm. ball's moving, you're catching somebody off a, you know, maybe a half-step slide and help in terms of a quick show or something, they're at your mercy. You're yeah. coming at somebody downhill. They're at your mercy. So there's no defense out there that's going to stop that. So, right. I, so people who get upset about that, there's, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do. True. But that's when you get down to the final eight teams left. Then things start to slow down a little bit. Now you start to no, take, different. A, take away some things and you see who's going to shine and who's not. Yeah. So that's when you start to think about those moments when they're going to force the ball out of his hands, right? And Harrison Barnes gets it, yeah. right? Or, you know, even even forcing, maybe later they're going to be forcing Russ to make those decisions late game right. and not hear that person, that person. So yeah. that's what I'm hearing is going to happen if you want to be successful, right? In uh, college, right. In high school, now you're going to do the same thing. Because, you know, a lot of kids can't catch and shoot, stand still, right? But not many kids have imagination anymore. And yeah. we're seeing it in a pro level, too. Not, not many people that can see the next pass before it happens or see the pass after this. That's why LaMelo looks so special right now. That's why Ja looks so great, too. And Trey looks so great. Because not everybody's coming off the screen and being able to make the moves that they make or the plays that they make. Because now that makes those people who aren't as skilled 
look a little bit better, look a whole lot better. So that'll be interesting to watch because when I'm hearing that, I'm like, all right, if, if I have the personnel to match up man to man, I get it because I've seen it in college. You know, I played D3. It was a high level D3. And we played against Virginia Westland. Virginia Westland, you know, all of us in our conference, we had Division One talent, right? And we and Division Two too. But you know, in the states, especially men's basketball, it's about this much of a difference between high level D two and D three and like mid major to low D one, right? Just opportunity and sometimes athleticism, but skill is still high. So I remember Virginia Westland. They they win often, you know, top five in the country every year, right. national championships and everything. We play them two times a year, right? They are always really, really successful against the other teams, but we always gave them problems. Even before I got there, the class before us that took our team to the Elite Eight were really, really good when they played against them because they did exactly that. They said, we have an athletic big back there who's going to wipe everything off the backboard. I don't know where they find these dudes at, but they all got 42s and they jumping up there two hands at the top of the square, right? And they got athletic, gritted guards that are going to say, look, you one-on-one. If you can beat him and get past him and score, so be it. But we're not going to overhelp. We're not going to overplay so that you can get open three-pointers and get into a rhythm. You got to go mano y mano. And nine times out of 10 when we play, you're not going to have more than one guy who can create a shot on his own or create a shot for somebody else. Right. And as you OG said, people aren't playing outside. You got to play. And that's where it starts at talking about training and yeah. all these Instagram trainers. You got to be on the court. To, to kind of uh, explain what Coach is talking about, that playing out in the park builds your basketball IQ and your competitiveness um, in this major way right here, when people used to play, mm -hmm. you know, you picked your you picked your mob to go play, whatever, and you knew that if you lost, mm -hmm. there were so many people waiting to play, you might as well go home. Your day is done. Right. So staying on the court was so important because one, you wanted to play, and you knew there wasn't a chance to get back on. So you did what you did best mm -hmm. to stay on the floor. So if you were you're playing pickup. And all you do is rebound. That's what you did. Yeah. And you 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 figured out what your strengths and weaknesses were and how you could help your team. Yeah. And <clears throat> keep it a buck. You can't hide outside. Right. You you can't hide. Like when it's one on one, and it doesn't matter. Like I remember, uh, right across the street was from my house was a basketball court. Right across the street, I used to go out there. All types of stuff was going on out there, but I used to go there all the time since I was young. And you you know, in our area, Pentagon City, mm -hmm. and a lot of places, Duke Street, where I lived, it was popular for people coming across the bridge and playing. And they used to always go out there and play. And of course, I wasn't old enough to play until I got to a certain spot where my height was was a lot, um, <laughs> a lot bigger than what my age was. And I remember one time just standing in the middle of the court and like saying, like, I'm not leaving until y'all let me play. And shout out to Boz. Um, Boz told me, he's like, look, if you want to play, you just got to tell him, look, I'm not going nowhere. But when you get on, you better put on. I'll beat you up. Right? Like, because you're going you go, to let me play. I'll hey. beat you up. You get, off, get off the court. I, I, I was going to take it, though. I was going to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but when you do that, though, you got to be ready. Right. right? So I finally got on. And from that day, when I left the court, every other time after that, it was mine. But what happens is, 
is whether we won a state championship, whether I did anything. If I came to that court, nobody gave a damn who I was. Right. Nobody cared because you can get your lunch taken just like the next guy. And when it's mano and mano and the game is going to 15, right, or it's going to 16 and both teams got 15, you got to use your best move, one, and it got to be tough because nobody fouls out. Yeah, no fouls. Nobody fouls out. So you got to get right to business, yeah. right? You don't have those moments no more, right? Because everybody's trying to protect something that has not no value yet or what they think is going to be great. But that that outside bump, or even if you're not playing outside, those open gyms, right? When you guys all go into the same gym and you guys bumping and there's 15, 15 of your guys who just want to hoop, don't care who went to what school, because you'll get caught up in a lot of that hoopla. I went to, you said it before, so-and-so went to this school, that school. You look at them and be like, you went where? <laughs> I've been in numerous gyms where somebody looked at me and was like, damn, you went D3? And I was like, damn, you went D1? <laughs> right? Like, it happened because it, it really, it don't matter. Because yeah. even after college, it don't matter. If you want to go be pro, like, if you can hoop, they're going to find you regardless. But you guys got to be built from that essence, right? And all those things are going to come. So that's going to be interesting to see how that scheming develops. Because now we didn't even talk about zone. Yeah. Well, we just and touched we, on it just a little bit. Yeah, we can. We got two teams that went deep into the playoffs the last two Bo years. Bostra. Playing a zone against pros. Yeah, yeah. You know? So that, that'll go back into part of my argument in terms of which era of basketball is better. Mm. Because, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of, uh, how can I say it? Um, that was disrespect. Back. You to play zone, who like, oh, we're gonna bust this. Like, yeah. Like yeah. You know, you'll be out of that zone soon. Yeah. So, you know, it's um interesting. Interesting. We got we got a few minutes left. And I want I want to take this time because I feel like, and we're gonna do this a few more times too mm -hmm. throughout the season. Cause we need to remind and you know, filter some things out. There are there's no such thing as an Instagram professional basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, um, do not be fooled by these Instagram trainers, these people that are doing things, as OG said, that are choreographed. Um, and I, I'm just going to go out here and say it because I know. But make it, sure you streamline, not all of them. No, no, I'm going to say this specifically because, you know, there are guys like, um, you know, Frank Nitty and, and those that, that play basketball and that are real hoopers, right? But I'm talking to those people that are doing all these parodies that are that are Harlem. There's the Harlem Globetrotters, which is basketball, but it's entertainment, right? And a lot of those guys are hoopers too, yeah, but it's entertainment, players. right? And just like hip hop, hip hop has grown to where there's you know the SoundCloud rappers, there's you know the little TikTok stuff. It's different elements within it because it's a cash cow, right? Basketball is the same way, but let's keep it a buck. Right. All the real hoopers, unless you're still playing to go overseas or you're playing to play pro, all the real hoopers right now, we're about 29, 30. We don't hoop anymore. We've got jobs. <laughs> unless we're coach, we got jobs. We're lawyers. We work in the government and all those things because we actualize that hoop dream. Right. Don't let these people that are using Instagram to relive moments they missed out in high school and in college because they were riding the bench and they didn't work hard and all that. Don't let those people be your source of information on how you're going to learn the game or how you're going to dictate the game. 
Go do your research. Go figure it out. Now, there are guys out there that are holding it down, but let's keep it a buck. A lot of you guys suck, right? They sorry for for real. Like don't 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 get caught up on that energy, man. Especially that's for the young cats out there. Like I ain't we don't say no extra names, but a lot of those guys suck for real. <laughs> the real the real hoopers. We understand what the game is. We like man, it passed us. We did what we did. We're happy with it. We gonna let it go. But you other guys out there, relax, man. You you messing up the youth. Um, yeah. Thanks for being so humble, Coach Ryan. Man, come on, man. You you funny because <laughs> I I get I got like thirty uh, videos saying he just now learned how to send messages on Instagram. But when he sent them, he like, yo, what is this? <laughs> what are they training out there? It's dangerous though, man. It's dangerous because that when when we start to talk to kids about why not to do this and not to do that, and they question us, and then we put them in the fire and they mess up and their confidence goes down. Yeah. Because they were watching these guys who had no idea, right? This is how I would say, it, right? And this is for anybody. You take it how you want to take it. I can go and buy a hoodie from Walmart, Carrefour, Target, right? It's going to look the same, just in the, in the face value, as the hoodie that I'm going to buy from Fear of God, with the Fear of God cotton. Lot thicker, right? Took a took a bit. It's handcrafted, right? It's gonna last you about 10, 15 years. After that one wash, after that one wash of that target, it ain't even fruit of the loom. That thing gonna shrink. It ain't good no more. The the black then ashed away, turned into gray, right? They both close, but they ain't built with the same fabric. You can go, you got coaches out here doing whatever they're doing, but they're not all built with the same fabric. And now you get left with these kids that, you know, they it's half empty. And now they're looking at us crazy. But that's just, you know, I've just been watching because people have been going crazy. You know, and I've been seeing people say some wild stuff. Yeah. But, you know, that's what we're here for. But, you know, that's episode three. Um you know, we we got into some good stuff today, basketball wise, yep. um, and we'll start to dig into those things a little bit more, so you guys can see what that that uh, basketball brain of his is like. Shout out to Coach Jones again, the um, man. That was it was good to hear from him when he started. I didn't know about Moses Malone. Oh yeah, he got a lot of stories, man. A lot of stories. Yeah, so um, we're thankful for that. But you know what time it is? We're wrapping it up towards the end. As always, it's the post game wrap up. Wow. Right. This one, um, for me, is gonna go uh, directly to our hoop star um, hoopers, um, just because we've had this talk several times the past couple weeks um, in our practices in preparation for our hoop star tournament this weekend. And um, I may have said this before. If I have, so what? You need to hear it again. Um, know the difference between your time and team time. Mm. Your time is when you work on all the creative stuff, um, the, the second stage, third stage stuff of what we're teaching you. That's when you work on that stuff. Team time is when you work on the stuff that you need to do to help your team be successful. Prime example, this past week for our younger kids, we worked on power layups. Mm. We worked on traditional one leg layups. If you're uncomfortable, with the one leg layup, the traditional layup, work on that on your own. 
when you're playing in the games and you're trying to get a bucket to get a score for your team and you're comfortable with the power layup, put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. Power layup. Mm-hmm. Don't matter how, what it looks like. Just put the ball in the hole. That's a fact. Two points in the books. Yeah. Hey, and we need that. That's yeah. that. <laughs> Cash in the yeah. bank. Uh, I'm going to recycle one that I used before, but it, it's important, um, especially, you know, our day-to-day is involved with youth. Mm-hmm. You know, we've made that decision to be deliberate and to make sure we pour into them. Um, struggling with confidence because we, we all do it. Right. Um, we all have those moments where we struggle with confidence and and those don't have to be long moments. They can be temporary when we just understand what it is that builds confidence. Last episode, we talk about, you know, the recipes to make a cake. The recipes from what I've learned for building confidence is knowledge and work together. Most times people aren't confident in things because it's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. They don't know how to do it. And then they haven't given themselves the opportunity to get better at it. When you know something, when you study for that test and you've gone through it, you wake up in the morning excited, ready to take it. When you've gone through your scouting report, when you feel like your coach gave you guys the best scouting report, you've been in the gym all week, you put in extra hours, you can't wait to be at the free throw line the last minute of the game when they're talking about and they foul and trying to get back in it. Right. So whenever you're struggling with something and you can't figure out the way out, remember that the way to regain your confidence is through knowledge and through the work. You put those two together, you can do anything. Right. Because everything that we ever encountered been made by a human. God given ability to make things. You just got to learn it and put the work in. And then it's all you, you know. And at that moment, you know, episode three, that Tracy, you know, that the answer, um, bridging the gap, find us on all our socials, TikTok, Instagram. Please subscribe, like, share. Um, you know, I, we let's get this thing going. Let's build a community. Let's get people in to tap in. Um, in Dubai, who mountain DXB, who mountain.ae. This week, the new website is coming. Yes, sir. That has been a lot of finally. work. Finally. Shout out to the team for that. Um, but finally got my lingo back. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep going. <laughs>